Good morning, everyone. So glad to see you, and uh, going to get right into it because we have communion today. We didn't usually we have it at the first of the month, but we had all these different things happening, so we're going to have it today. And so we're going to have a, a quick message. Uh, uh, first, we want to welcome Ron back. He had a shoulder replacement last week. But watch out, it's a titanium shoulder. If it hits you, you're going to fly across the room. And uh, if you look closely, it has a grenade launcher on it, so be careful. Um, but want to, you know, share with you, this week I was, well, last week, I was on a Zoom call with um, pastors from across the islands. All the major denominations were represented, and just talking about what is happening right now. You know, I know we all were hoping that this whole thing would be done with by now, the COVID thing, but now you have a Delta variant that's more virulent, more, you know, easy to catch. And um, so the, the churches, the pastors are talking about what to do and so on. And um, I, again, want to commend you folks for keeping the unity because as I'm hearing them talking, sometimes there's been, you know, anger and fighting and so on because one person feels that everybody should be vaccinated otherwise, you know, and so on. And the other person says nobody should be or you shouldn't. And other, God is going to protect us. You don't have to worry. And people get like that. And we have to strive for that unity of the faith. And it's been a real pleasure to be your pastor because of the love and unity you have shown, and why it's so important, and why does the devil attack us with disunity? Um, okay, so the next side, okay. Matthew 12, 25b says, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. And so, you know, that, that word um, divided, uh, marizo, it actually means to cut in pieces. And ruin, that word, you know, it will be ruined. That word, erimao, it actually means to lay waste, to desolate, make nothing. That's what happens. That's why he always attacks with disunity. But that's also why God brings such a blessing on unity because it, we have to really follow him and it's not easy because we have to deny ourselves, as the word said, and follow him and what we want because, you know, I think I'm right this way and everybody should do it my way and I have a hard time forgiving someone else because the way they're acting or being or whatever, we have to strive for it and we have and so blessed. But it's real and it is, uh, you know, just yesterday, I get the Hawaii County Department of Health. There were 151 cases on the Big Island, a lot in Hilo, a lot of people I know. And 25 people in the hospital, uh, over, you know, over 1,000 there monitoring. It's real, and it's, it's not just, you know, outside. There's a large church in Hilo. They had a cluster of 35. And all the pastors and staff got it. They have people in the hospital, and uh, one of them, they say, we, had, we went to say goodbye. You know, the, their father got it, 
from. And they're there to say goodbye to that person. So this is, you know, I just want to say that this is real. Uh, someone in this church knows someone personally, 22 years old, you know, died from it. Other people like that, um, that pastor was saying, it's for, in other words, young people too. And uh, two mothers they know, third trimester, they got it and miscarried. This is serious stuff, not stuff to take lightly. And um, when I'm hearing these things, them talking, and this is church in Hilo too, um, but people also took the vaccination and died that we know of personally, you know, two days later, boom. And ended up in the hospital. We have several people in our church who ended up in the hospital after taking it. And others had severe reactions. So we cannot say you need to, everybody needs to take, because everybody's different. You don't know how they're going to react. You're going to be responsible for that? Saying you need, everybody needs to take it. Or everybody shouldn't take it because, uh, you know, where's John? You know, you can't tell anybody else what to do. Everybody's different and we don't know. Young, old, we don't know. So how can God work all this for good? Um, Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. And so we need to, this forces us to... Again, be called according to His purpose. Do we know we're being, you know, like His purpose is for us, that's on the wall. Because that's when He can work all things for the good. And if we love God, we want to do it. Not to get brownie points, not to, because we love Him. Back, because He first loved us. And one of the purposes, He says, is we love one another. We strive for that unity. It, it is important. But we cannot rely on anything else, I guess you've seen. The, the news about all of this is all over creation, all over the map. What is real? What is not? What should we do? Everybody has different opinions. And so, you know, all the pastors say, we, we cannot tell anybody what to do. But say, everybody pray. And here, have that personal relationship like Laura was talking about for you on what you should do. Because only God knows you like that. And so we need to build that relationship and that faith in God and that relationship. And, and you know what? It's just something about us humans. Without trials, we don't, you know, go towards God. We wait until everything is all done, everything we can do. And then finally, when we can't go any lower, we look up. Why is that? I don't know. That's just the way we are, the sin life within us or whatever. Um, and, um, but every time we will grow in faith and our relationship with Him through those things. Unfortunately, it seems we need trials to do that. And, you know, like uh, I've been in the Amazon, teach, I taught missionaries in the Amazon there, and I met three people there, three missionaries who were bitten by this deadly snake. There's no antidote. Everybody dies. But you know what? No 911. No doctors, they're on God's mission, right? They are called according to His purpose. And all they can do is look up and sing and pray. And they got healed. They didn't die. And then they started 
teaching the natives to pray to Jesus because they were dying, getting bitten and dying. And even their animal, their hunting dogs, which are very important to them, they started praying for. And they didn't die. But man, they, they had to look up. They had to call. No doctors, no nine. They had to. Yeah? And it's the fervent prayers of a righteous man or woman that avail much. Uh, you, you would be pretty fervent at that point, I think. But, you know, Paul, too, he got bitten by a deadly snake. He just shook it off into the fire. You know, then these things don't bother us. We don't have to be afraid after that because you know how powerful God is. He's real and he loves you. And... Um, there's a, a, a story I heard, I shared it before, but it's been a while, about this guy who God said to go to, um, to the certain place in Africa. So he said, okay, God, I'm going. He went, and he goes to this village. He's talking about Jesus and how he raises the dead. And a woman walks up and puts a, a, her dead child in his arms. There he is talking about how Jesus can raise the dead, and he has a dead child in his arms. And he's like, God, I did what you said. I came. You told me to come. I don't know what to do. Help me. And the baby cries, comes back alive. He hands it to the mother. The whole village comes to Christ. I hope I'm never in that situation or I get bitten by, bitten by a deadly snake. But you know what? You'll find out more and more God is real. And I was in the Kalahari Desert with the Khoisan Bushmen and they're telling me, like, everything has thorns there. Steroid thorns. Everything has thorns. Poison thorns, big thorns, and little things all on the ground, these little plants, thorns. And I asking the guy who was taking us around, saying, um, how do the, you know, the ones that live out in the desert, and they're running around barefoot, how do they not get poked by these? And what he told me was, if you're on God's mission, you can step on them and you won't get poked. It's interesting that he said on God's mission when it says being called according to his purposes. But if you're out there and you're being chased by a lion, there's lots of lions out there. You're not going to go, oh, 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 thorn, oh, 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 thorn. You're going to be running. And I think that you are going to be fervently praying, God, help me. I think uh, you'll be praying more fervently than any of us have ever prayed over here. They have a lot of faith. Don't look at them like they're ignorant, savage. They don't know what. They have a ton of faith, I tell you. And all of this. Actually, you know what I heard for since the 80s? that the Russian church had been praying for America that we would go through trials so we would become real religious, not religious. And what does it say in Revelation 3.17? You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. Oh, good doctors, 911, vaccines. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Not the guy in the desert over there naked. So I advise you, this is Jesus talking, to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Do we like that? The fire of trials? I don't know about you, I don't. 
Then you will be rich, though. Also buy shining garments from me, so that you will not be ashamed by your nakedness. And we have all kind of clothes. You know, how many sets of clothes do we have in our closet? But he calls us naked. And ointment for your eyes, so you'll be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Look, I stand at the door and knock. He's always there wanting a relationship with us, but we're too busy or it's too difficult because, yeah, it is hard. He's spirit. We're physical to really get that relationship. It takes work. It takes time. It takes fervency to want to know him. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. What a friend we have in Jesus. He's always there. But you know how we have everything we need, we don't need him in our lives? You know, if every day, you know, in the desert, like I said, they have, or in the hours, they don't have KTA or Costco, every day they pray, provide for me my daily food. Yeah. When you went into Costco or KTA, did you pray fervently for your food? Yeah, we don't. We're, we think we're rich, but we're poor. And this is kind of like, I don't like it, but it's kind of like forcing us to really fervently have that relationship with Him. And we will share a meal together as friends, those who are victorious. You know, to be victorious, the bigger the victory, the bigger the thing you got to overcome. Like I say, if, if uh, the Los Angeles Rams beat the Hilo Girls Pop Warner football team, would that be a great victory? The bigger the bigger the challenge, the bigger the victory. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to what the Spirit, to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. So he can work all this for good because we're forcing. This is my second point before we have communion. Uh, Exodus 27 says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Steve's kind of mad at me because I'm going into what he was doing. <laughs> but I'll be short and he has other things to say about it. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Okay, what does that mean, vain? I like how the NLT puts it. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished. If you misuse his name. But that word vain actually uh, in the Hebrew is shav, which means empty, false, lying, worthless. It, it's not like necessarily swearing. That's cursing somebody if you use God's name and curse them. That you, you don't do. But it actually means if it's empty and it's false, then it's worthless. It's lying. And I always give the example of the whole all the older siblings outside playing. The youngest one comes out and says, God, that, not God, but dad says, come in. Now, if they don't listen, who do they answer to? 
not the youngest child, the answer to dad. But if the youngest child goes out there and he says, dad said to come in and dad didn't say that, then his words are empty and vain and he will not be held guiltless. He will have to answer to dad. A lot of times we don't look at it that way and see the other part of it. When we say, God said, you will have to stand accountable. Did God really tell you? Are you really on God's mission if you say you are? Because that's when he can protect you. So it's, it behooves us to be real about it and to get a real relationship with him so we can start knowing him better and his voice. When I say voices, a lot of times it's just, I know in my heart I should be doing this or I feel like I need to do this and that's not what I normally do. And that's how we, we try and see and you find out if it was God or not and we learn this relationship. And look, he is... This is with the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of Jesus, and God is love. And Jesus is one with that. Jesus is love. Jesus is light and life and peace and joy. So we will have more of that in our life. No matter what's going on in the world, the more we have that relationship, we have that peace and life and light and joy and love in our life. Not worry and fear. The Bible says fear does not come from God. We can have peace in the midst. That's why it's the peace that passes all understanding. In the midst of everything, we can have peace the more we know. You know, if you know he saves you from a deadly snake or from the lion and the thorns, more and more you have faith. Well, we're getting some trials now here too. All those Russians praying for us. <laughs> but it's a good thing. You know what? The statistics are more people are praying and more people are going to church right now. Always happens during big trials. And so, is that what he told you to do or where he told you to be? Because now it's even, they have clusters in restaurants. Hey, God, not just, I want to go out and eat. Let's go out and eat. God, you want me to go out? or to this restaurant, or to this store, or maybe he tells you to go to another store. Yeah, he told Yolanda that the other day. Listen, pray more about everything, yeah? When you go into KTA, maybe now pray a little bit, because there's clusters everywhere. It's contagious. Pray, not be afraid. Pray, you want, should I go today? Um, wake up in the morning and say, what are we going to do today? Because he's in you. He's, he, the Holy Spirit is with you all the time. Okay, Jesus, you're knocking on my door. I open up. Sup with me and be my friend. What are we going to do today, friend? What's our, our thing we're going to do? What are we going to do? Who do you want me to talk to? So we shouldn't tell someone else what to do. You need to do this. You need to take the vaccine. You don't need to take the vaccine. We don't know them. Here for ourselves, for ourselves, because only we know too. The safest place to be is in the center of God's will. Through all of this, and that's what we need to do. So we are going to have communion. I don't know whose car that is. But, um, okay, Maybe God is speaking. <laughs> Listen.
Okay. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, is what Jesus says. So my sheep hear my voice. You don't hear it? Ask God. I want to hear you more, God. Because you won't go over your free will. If I'm so independent, I can do everything myself. I don't need to hear you. I can go to KT and get my own food. Uh, I don't need to pray for it. Um, then he don't need to speak to you, right? You got it. I won't go over your free will. But we listen more, hear more, ask him more. He's always with us, waiting for us to, for that relationship. And I know them, and they follow me, right? Now, what did we say about this scripture, Romans 8, 28? And we know that causes every, God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. They follow me. So it forces us to pray and have that relationship with God and hear His voice. Just uh, Lauren Cunningham, the founder of YWAM, has that book. Is that really you, God, wanting to know and hear God's voice? Very good book, if you know, to to get about hearing God's voice. So um, let's we're gonna go over this again. When we have communion, a communion, they're gonna students are gonna talk about covenant on um, Thursday, which are very important to God. And it's an agreement between two people. Jesus is, does his part. He died for us. And we die to ourselves in the sense that I don't want to forgive this person. No, God said unity is where his spirit is. Love, peace, joy. I am going to forgive. I can if I choose to. I don't want to, but I will. I am going to keep the unity because that's where he pours out his spirit. And uh, I didn't go over that scripture. Psalms 133, 1-3. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. Brothers and sisters, it is like the precious oil poured out on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robe. It is... For there the Lord bestows his blessing, life forevermore. The blessings of God pour out upon us because we're following, doing what he says, no matter how easy it is to be in this unity, to love one another and be in unity. So I commend you again. It's been such a blessing. Okay, so back to that last slide with our communion. That's what we lay down, to follow after him and his ways. We lay, lay down our old ways and our own life, what we want. Because His way is better. Because He is life. He is peace. And as we do things His way, fear will leave. Even though situations are hard for us now, the more faith we build, fear will leave. Anxiety, insecurity, because what a friend you have in Jesus, and He's here with you all the time, and He's all powerful, and He loves you. And he broke his body for you. So as we take out, okay, there's a little cellophane at the top. You got to kind of be careful and move that. And then there's a piece of bread in there, a wafer. And as we take this, um, break it first. Because we remember that he broke himself for us, his body for us. He gave his life for us that we may have life in him. 
So let's take the bread together and remember. He said, do this in remembrance. And then he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant. Again, the covenant I make with you, I laid out my life for you. You laid on your life for me. That's the kind of covenant they had in the Middle East when they did these covenants like this. Everything I have is yours. Everything you have is mine. And we're ohana, we're laid on our life for each other. What a deal. He has everything. He's the richest man in the universe and everything he has is ours. And we're his family now. What do we have to give him? Our sin. Maybe my little bank account. <laughs> he gives me everything he has. It's the no-brainer of the century. But when we take this, when you take this, you're saying, I'm making that covenant to now. Okay, lay down my ways to follow your ways. We don't have to hang on the cross. He did that. But we pick up our cross and follow him where we do his ways, not ours. Okay, if you agree, yeah. let's take the cup together. Okay, we're going to play. Um, that was so great. Can you do that again? What a friend we have. And then in with um, I Have a Hope. So worship team, please come up as we end the service. So the first time when I asked Jesus into my heart, I felt like I was flying and had this overwhelming joy. The second time, after I met my husband and got born again, I cried. I cried all day. It's, it was just so humbling when I felt his love over me, a worthless me, so full of faults. And... Um, I just felt that love, and I just couldn't help but cry all day. And I was waiting tables, and I'm like, hi, can I take your order? And I go into the bathroom, I cry, and then I go back out and get myself composed. It was just beautiful. I pray for that relationship and that um, closeness every day. Let's um, sing about that beautiful friendship that we have. He's with us every day. Let's take it. Take it to him. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to care. 